the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Gershom and I have a wonderful show for you this evening with some very practical topics in the queue. The first one is, wait for it, crossing the street. All right, most of us do that. Most of us try to do it safely, but this is going to become even more of an issue in California at the beginning of 2023. That's right, because our governor signed the Safe Crossing Act. That's not actually what it's called. It's called the Freedom to Walk Act. The freedom to be able to cross the street freely and safely without being ticketed for jaywalking. But as you can imagine with any new law, this is being met with, shall we say, mixed results. There are some that say, hey, this is great. It's going to cut down on disproportionate police contact. There are some that say, God forbid, it leads to more pedestrian deaths. And then, of course, there are some legal minds that say decriminalization is a slippery slope, regardless of the topic area you are targeting. Larry, I know you are a uh, career attorney. You've been practicing law for more years than you will let me admit on the air. So I won't. Let's just say you've been around the block. What do you think of this new law? I think that... It's probably uh, not a good law. You know, jaywalking is uh, for the protection of people. And I can think of numerous cases uh, where people have just, they'll, they'll dart out between two cars, for example. How about little kids, for example? But let's go to the, like the adult situation, downtown, uh, whatever town you're, you're in. And people, they'll take a shortcut and they'll, they'll do jaywalking. Uh, that is basically endangering everybody, not only from the perspective of the pedestrian, but from the perspective of the driver of the car who's not expecting to see people dart out from some unknown location. And I just think it is, uh, it's not a good idea. Um, it, you could actually say, make this same argument. And they always seem to put some sort of a, um, a, a racial tinge to their their actions they say because uh, i'm sure you're going to go more into that later but uh, i I disagree let me me cue this up a little bit so um you're talking about jaywalking laws being for the protection of the public both the drivers the pedestrians and everybody else involved the freedom to walk act which is what this act is called uh, basically doesn't technically completely outlaw jaywalking it says that officers can only ticket a jaywalking, uh, a jaywalker when there is, and here's the language, Larry, an immediate danger 
of a collision. So that might cover people darting out from behind parked cars, crossing unsafely, etc. This is something that has been in the works for quite some time. I mean, almost everybody uh, either has been to New York City or has seen pictures and video footage of New York City where they don't enforce jaywalking laws. But many smaller towns do. Not only do they, but they're very serious about the need to make sure everybody's protected. Larry, we both know other jurisdictions that have gone farther than that and banned texting while crossing the street. All of the types of things that we really want to invest in to have safer communities. Let me add one more layer than have you respond to this. There are some that believe the better practice would be to add more crosswalks, better signage, more lighting, putting up stop signs, adding a sidewalk. In other words, more ways to enhance public safety rather than decriminalization. What do you think of all of that? Right. Uh, I would just say, well, first of all, the assembly uh, person that introduced this bill, they cited to data that was found in the California Racial and Identity Profiling Act, which showed uh, between the years of 2018 and 2020 that black Californians are four and a half times more likely than white Californians to be stopped by police for jaywalking. Now, I you know, I, I guess you have to go with those statistics, but I found that few uh, tickets are ever issued to anybody for jaywalking. At least that's my experience. Uh, but I'll tell you, I have to every once in a while pick up my granddaughter at uh, she's just starting kindergarten, my oldest granddaughter. And uh, the, the, the uh, elementary school she goes to, people in front of that school are driving I don't want to exaggerate, pretty much at almost like freeway speeds. And you have to go down to the light and go through the crosswalk. And to do a jaywalking on certain streets like that street I just described is putting really? everybody's life at risk. So why do that? And how about this, Wendy? So you're going to say people are racially for uh, you. You're introducing this law because the minorities are being racially profiled and they're using this as a pretext to give them a ticket and to harass them. Well, that same logic, would you do away with seatbelt laws? Because uh, people, policemen can see that, oh, you're not wearing your seatbelt and they'll pull you over. So are they going to have the uh, do away with the seatbelt law uh, enactment next? You know, so I just think um, there might be better ways to handle that. If, if people are being racially profiled, then file an allegation and and, uh, you know, fight it in court or before a committee. Larry, you know, the discussion around this jaywalking law reminds me of the discussion we had surrounding the controversial stop and frisk procedure on the East Coast. You may remember there were allegations that it wasn't being enforced fairly. It was being disproportionately used to stop people of a, a certain demographic background. You know, and when you think of it that way, and, you know, they, they said, you know, stop and frisk is not a meet and greet. When you think of it that way, Larry, you can sort of see the analogies here where they're basically saying, look, we want to make sure that any law on the books is enforced fairly. And that's why we have to look statistically at who is being caught up in any law that we're looking at, whether it's jaywalking to carjacking, whatever it is, we have those statistics. Um, but this new law also is uh, really getting some um, some scrutiny, shall we say, because it's not an outright ban. It's basically saying Look, you can cross the street, you can jaywalk as long as it's safe to do so. But perception is reality. Safe to do so according to who? Whose perception? Oh, exactly. I, I agree. So basically by doing it this way, 
there still can be discrimination uh, of police against minorities and others if they choose to. So there's kind of like a, some wiggle room there for the police to keep on issuing tickets. They'll say, you were almost in a collision and I'm going to give you this ticket. And by the way, uh, why are you doing, what are you doing here this late at night kind of thing? So, you know, I don't know if this is a hundred percent solution, but here's another interesting take on this, Wendy, the gentleman that introduced this bill He said, we should be encouraging people to get out of their cars and walk for health and environmental reasons. So this is just my take on it. Is this just another little way that they're trying to get us out of our cars and into onto bicycles and some of these (laughs) fancy other um, electronic uh, or or electric uh, motorcycles and so forth? Uh, I don't know, but he's actually... Actually, they mentioned that fact. They want to get people out of their cars more. So I don't know if this will have that much of an impact, but uh, it's always interesting to look at the different um, uh, things that are behind these laws, isn't it, Wendy? The policy rationale behind different laws is fascinating. And you mentioned it's also healthy to be out there walking. But I suppose if you're walking, that means you're crossing more streets. So I, I don't know whether that's the kind of thing that, um, you couldn't argue both sides of which, of course, we'd love to do as lawyers. But, you know, a couple of other things about this. I mean, it's so interesting and practical, isn't it? Because everybody has to cross the street. Um, we try to cross the street safely anyway. But I can tell you that there are many drivers that are concerned that any kind of decriminalizing behavior that could put others in at risk, uh, that could jeopardize others is dangerous. And who's to say the pendulum won't swing so far that officers are afraid to enforce the law? You know, we don't want to see police officers afraid to do their jobs because remember, their job is to protect and to serve. And we want them to be able to do that. So there's just a variety of reasons that laws like this come under scrutiny. And it's a good thing to talk about laws and proposed laws and bills and proposed legislation. It's a good thing to have these robust discussions on all of the levels you've mentioned, even as you say, some uh, health rationale. I thought you were going to say um, it also will help get more people vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> many different reasons that you have these uh, proposed laws. And now I guess this one's actually been signed into law on the books. I know it. And uh, have you ever been to there, there's certain communities uh, across the nation, really pretty much high end communities where they've actually closed off the streets totally. And you, so the jaywalking thing has been, been totally removed. You're just walking around from store to store, which is kind of cool. I kind of like that idea. But um this is going to, again, I, I worry because I've seen things over the years where people have gotten really hurt really bad by jaywalking. And again, not only the jaywalkers, but we don't, as drivers, expect to see people uh, popping across the street. Uh, we only see want to see that at the traffic lights. That's right. And, you know, in the 20 seconds I have left, Larry, I will also say that due to the soaring gas prices, people are driving slower because it saves gas and it saves money. So maybe we can all work together and look out for each other quite literally when we're talking about jaywalking. Yes, almost $6 a gallon uh, here today in Southern California. I just bought some gas before coming into the station. So yeah, we need to save gas. Okay, good. I think I don't think there's a single listener that's going to disagree with that. So stick with us. Don't touch that dial, folks. We are going to be right back in a flash with more uh, exciting talk and lively discussion. This is Today with Dr. Wendy. We will be right back.
News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Gershon and I have a very exciting guest for the second half. Larry, who do we have on the line? Yes, Wendy. Raj Dorasami is the co-founder of Defend Florida that started as a grassroots group of two naturalized citizens. That would be Raj and co-founder Roe Grossman, when they became worried about election integrity in the U.S. With no prior political experience, these citizen activists have grown Defend Florida into an organization with a significant positive impact on personal canvassing, cleaning voter rolls, and uh, documenting vote fraud. Defend Florida has now expanded its reach nationally through Defend Our Union with a focus on engaging legislators and state executives as well as expanding its activist base and outreach to the media with its key findings. Thank you for joining us this evening, Raj. So good to have you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. And uh, I just want to add to what you just said. Uh, Defend Florida is actually founded by uh, myself and then Defend Our Union was uh, co-founded by myself and Caroline Weatherington. So it's even more exciting than what you said. It was actually an American uh, woman and a a immigrant man. uh, And this is the way that people collaborate. You couldn't think of two people from more different backgrounds than that and but i'm so delighted to be here thanks for having me here oh great you know raj it's funny right before the break we were talking about gas prices and lamenting the pain at the pump we're feeling here in in san diego but i heard in florida you actually are enjoying much lower gas prices than the rest of the nation is that true and if so what do you attribute that to yeah so we we do have uh, our gas prices are still higher than they were a few years ago, but they have come down. And this is really the p- function of how our country is built. Our country is built with different states and people taking accountability for how their state is run. That is why, as your colleague just mentioned, we came up with the idea of defend Florida because we want to defend our state. And so to answer your question, in our state, we the people have elected a governor who has enjoyed the backing of his constituents, and he has been bold and has kept Florida open for business. So specifically, he's taken a very strong, he has taken ownership of his role as a governor of a state, and he has not allowed Washington to intimidate him. He's not allowed Washington to manipulate him. And he has kept Florida open. And because he has done that, businesses up until the storm, obviously, for the most part, were open while a lot of other states were closed. Churches, churches, he was very specific. He never required churches to shut down. Now, and unfortunately, in the great state of California, the governor there took a very different stand. But here in Florida, to answer your question, uh, this is what we attribute it to and we have a midterms coming up where the governor is on the ballot, and we're very, very concerned about how we have seen uh, maladministration and, 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 and just uh, 
the inability to manage our election databases correctly. We're very concerned about that, but uh, I'll definitely, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Right. I was going to ask you a little bit about that. So Raj, in your opinion, is the upcoming midterm election in November, why is it so important? I know it is, but I want to hear from you. Yes, yes. Obviously, it's important for everyone in the country. So if you're watching this and you're not in the state of Florida, everything we're talking about here applies to you. If you're in Florida, obviously, it applies to you as well. And so why the midterm elections are important is this is an opportunity for you and I, the regular people, to make an overt, confident stand. And what I mean by that, and that what I mean by that is historically, the midterm elections have not been well attended. People always like to vote for the president, but when it comes to the midterms, a lot of people just stay back home. And if you're watching this program, you're watching it because you're concerned about the country. Not only do you have to vote, but you have to get your friends to vote. And why is that? Because, my friends, what happens in a few weeks on November 8th is going to very distinctly determine what happens in 2024. A lot of people out there are sitting back and they're kind of enduring what we have right now. Some of them have given up, not the people watching this program, I know, but others. If you're watching this, you know people who have given up, they're resigned, they're tired, and they are no longer engaged at the level they were before. You've got to get those people to wake up because no matter who is sitting in the Oval Office in 2024, the makeup of the United States Senate and the makeup of the United States Congress is going to either give the occupant of the White House, the president in 2024, the, what he needs to get stuff done, or they can constrain what he needs to get stuff done. So the people that are late waiting for uh, President Trump to get back in, my friends, I appreciate your, your, your enthusiasm, but you must, 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 must get into action right now for the midterms and make sure that the House... And the, and, and the Senate have got the people that you're looking for. And importantly, one other thing, in your state and in your county, there are lots of people for the, your school districts, for your uh, hospitals, for your council men and women. You have to control who's in place. And we haven't done that very well. And that is why the opposition has got their people sitting in judges' positions, uh, mayor positions, councilman positions, because we've been unengaged midterms is your chance to turn that around and in large, large numbers. So a lot of stuff is riding right from your county to your state to the United States. A lot of that's riding on what you do or don't do on November 8th. So Raj, it sounds like you're corroborating the notion that all politics is local. (laughs) But I also want to say, you know, you talk about defending Florida. Um, Defending America is what uh, almost is uniting people from both sides of the aisle over things like gas prices, grocery prices, supply chain. I mean, there are all these very practical kitchen table issues, baby formula. My goodness, the list goes on. Never before. Uh, and, you know, I mean, Larry, you may want to chime in on this one, you know, at, because you've been around for, you know, you've seen a lot of different economies. I'm not saying you're old. I'm just saying you're <laughs> politically savvy to the extent, well, maybe that too, but politi- politically savvy to the extent that, You've seen a lot of different administrations. Raj, you have too. So have I. And like never before, this summer, we were united, Democrats and Republicans, behind so many policy issues. 
um, gas prices just being one of many. So the midterms can't come at a more opportune time in terms of people wanting to elect someone who will make their lives better. Uh, Raj, I would love to know what you think of which political party, I think I know the answer, might benefit uh, at this time in, in history from this midterm coming at a time that we're united in the types of needs that we have as Americans. Yeah, it's a very, very good point you mentioned. And, and to your point, I actually left three countries to come to the United States and where we are right now, not where we're going to be, but where we are right now is exactly where I left. So we've got to recover our country. It's no longer about saving the country. We've actually, we've, we've, our country's kind of gone over the edge already. If you see what's happening, the persecution you've got again from Washington against fellow Americans, I, uh, I, and, and the intimidation. So we've got to recover our country back. Now, how can we do that? It, it's again by taking action during the midterms. And I recognize, listen, I, I, I've always voted Republican. And since I started Defend Florida, we have seen, and if you're watching this program and you're disappointed with the performance of the Republican Party, I get it. I see it firsthand. I did not know. At the same time, the Republican Party is where it's at because people like you and I have not gotten engaged. And we've let, this, we've let people who are not really in tune with what you and I care about make decisions. So... As I say, let's not whine, let's not complain. Or if you want to complain, complain, but then stop it. Stop <laughs> right. complaining and get into action. Right. And the way you, get, way you get into action is by getting involved with your Republican Party at your county level. And, and Dr. Wendy, I've got some resources that we're using to have make that happen. But you're absolutely right. This couldn't come at the most opportune time. And in everyone's mind, you already know, just like Dr. Wendy talked about, you, rem- you know what the gas prices are. You know what's happening when you go to grocery stores. If you want to turn that around, you got to take action on November 8th. In fact, you got to take action before then. And if you, if you want, I can show you some of the resources that you can use to take action right now where you are. Right. Raj, we're getting a little bit short on time. Could you give us res- uh, a website where the people can go to to get to your boot camp and so forth before we run out of time? Absolutely. So on the screen, you should see uh, the boot camp here. And so this is at defendourunion.org, defendourunion.org. Click down, and when you come to the QR codes, you can either get our app, uh, which we have available, and our app allows, if you're in Florida, allows you to get the voice out and defend your voice. That's one aspect that you can take of right now with the app. And if you're not in Florida, let me know because we're rolling out other states. So in addition to the app, you want to take advantage of the boot camp uh, that we have here. And to give you an idea of the boot camp, when you go to the boot camp, you've got amazing training that you can take advantage of right now. We've got superstars like Dinesh D'Souza, Trevor Loudon, all other kinds of grassroots groups that will give you action items on what you can take, steps to take advantage of right here, right now. So I encourage you, encourage, encourage you to take advantage of that. All right. Thank you so much for for all of this great information. Um, And, you know, Larry, as we close it out here, I just want to say we're going to be talking about this again. So, Raj, hopefully you will join us again in the future. Thank you, Raj. You are listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. It is always a pleasure to have you with us. We will see you next weekend. Right back, same time, same place. Have a blessed week. God bless you.
Thank you for joining us for today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.